We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This is episode 191 of the pod. Alongside Matt Rooney, I am Joe Muxo, and the stage is set. Super Bowl 55, Chiefs and the Tampa Toms. It's going to be a fantastic matchup in two weeks' time. We'll have plenty of time to break it all down. We're going to take this time to look back on conference championship weekend, what struck us, uh, sort of big picture things. Is Aaron Rodgers the best quarterback ever to only go to one quarter, one Super Bowl, or to only win one Super Bowl? Um, uh, we're going to touch on a bunch here, Matt, but first and foremost, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be talking to you on this, this fine Tuesday morning, Joseph, as always. As I'm um, so staring out into the snow. It's still snowing. Well, Did you guys get any snow? Be, oh, no, I don't care. Be, I got a, it's supposed I got to be coming spot. for us. It's supposed to be coming for us in a couple hours here. I got a spot in the garage. I don't really care. I'm fine. I'm not complaining yeah, anymore. I'm 30. I've seen snow. Let's not uh, lose our heads here. Okay, jeez. Um, Good yeah, morning to you. Weather people just like... People who lament over the weather. It's like, I now it's more maybe, of like... Maybe, a, maybe, the, maybe if you gripe harder, the snow will stop. I think uh, I agree. But, but Matt, let's uh, let's dive into what we saw here already over the off the rails. Weekend. Tampa, Green Bay, Buffalo, Kansas City. We'll go in order of the games here, starting at Lambeau, where uh, just just a tough scene. You know, just a tough scene to have to you watch. Hate to the see Packers. It, you really do. They have to watch Aaron Rodgers struggle in that game. To have to watch his receivers drop balls. They have to watch Tom Brady head to his tenth Super Bowl game. His tenth Super Bowl. It, it's just prolonged success, prolonged um, dominance to be able to pick up your bags, travel down the eastern seaboard, mm-hmm. uh, make camp somewhere else, convince a couple of your best friends to come with you, and yeah. not just do that, but now be one of the last two teams standing. There is something undeniable about Tom Brady. Yeah, it was – I forgot the tweet, but or who sent it. It was something along the lines of Tom Brady really just said, like, all right, who wants to go to a Super Bowl and then found the team that wanted to go to the Super Bowl. It, it, it is, it's fun to watch. Not only him and Gronk obviously seem to be having more fun, but, like, as good as the Bucks are, they're doing it, like, the exact opposite way of the Patriot way. And, I'm, like, yeah. it's not – I don't – it's not a knock on Bill Belichick, obviously. He's one of – he's the greatest NFL coach of all time. But it just shows you how – Valuable having that franchise quarterback is obviously. I mean, he is the best to ever do it. And no yeah, matter, but like this is like a whole this is like a whole nother level. It's like this has nothing to do with a franchise quarterback. This is this is Tom Brady. He transcends franchise franchises. Person. He transcends uh, his teammates. He transcends like he he's so fantastic. And they did the, they do the, the good. His, I don't know, I, like without being cheesy, his champion spirit travels with. Like, no, they they did a post game interview with I think it was Shaq Barrett uh, uh-huh. on the field with Aaron Andrews, and like they asked him about the game first. But one of the questions, obviously, was like, you know, Brady's impact on the locker room, and like he was legitimately glowing talking about I, Tom like, Brady when like, asked I about him, got the chance you. to talk about. He was glowing. I guarantee you no one in that locker room has ever been held to the standard they were held to this year 
or seen somebody hold themselves to their own personal standard mm-hmm. the way Tom Brady does. And that's what it is to be a leader. That's what it is to be a champion. And, and no one's ever done it like Tom Brady. And I mean, we could gush over it for an hour here, but like the, the stats tell the story, the records tell the story. He's now gone on the road three straight weeks and won playoff games. He's the first quarterback to ever do that. Now he's had to do his 10th conference title game. He was just in his, I believe 14th conference semi or conference final game. He's doing it. Like we said now in a different uniform, he's doing it with actual wide receivers. It's uh, it's, uh, not that the legacy needed completing, but it is the completion of a legacy. Um, I, I do want to ask you a couple questions here moving forward, but give me a couple more thoughts on the game here. I, I do have a couple, like like with how great he's performed over this last two months, it, it begs some questions to the long term. Not that the long term is any longer than mm-hmm. this year and next, but that's kind of where I want to go. But give me a couple more thoughts here on Green Bay, maybe on Tampa. So I was going to say, I thought Tom was great. And obviously the first half was, I mean, they played as pretty much as flawless of a first half. as I don't remember if he had one interception in the first half. For the most part, you go up 28 to 10, which, by the way, what is my, what, what is that defense you're calling on, on was second and six from the 45 yeah. with one with six seconds left in that? I don't know how you get let one guy get open on the outside, whatever. But it seemed like in the second half, like, as much as Tampa was playing well, they kind of let like Green Bay kind of let them off the hook. Tom threw back-to-back interceptions. Neither of them were particularly good. I know one of them technically went off Mike Evans' hands, that one over the middle in the red zone, but that was also a pretty high throw, and there was a chance for Green Bay to really grab some momentum. And you talk about in the playoffs, you can't be giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. You can't be turning the ball over like that. Well, apparently they gave him, you can. You can, apparently, because they gave him back-to-back prime spots down a score like, all right, well, this is this is when it happens. This is when the Packers come down. This is when Aaron Rodgers you know, takes this and just three and out, three and out. And that was like, I mean, that was kind of that. I believe off of the three interceptions, they scored a total of three points. You um, and you're just, you're just not going to win a game that way. Um, to, you know, to not uh, completely backtrack on the uh, adulation of or adoration of um, Tom Brady here, but he did throw three interceptions. It was it was it was not his best game I and mean, he played very well. It no, was not his best game. But that even speaks further to the point of the, the defense stood up when they needed to, um, came up with a couple big plays, came up with a couple big stops. They got to the quarterback. They pressured Aaron Rodgers, and that's them, you know, being in that moment, understanding that, hey, we got the greatest quarterback of all time trying to do something super special. Let's go out there and do anything we can on the defensive side of the ball to make that happen. Like, again, that's that raising of the level that this defense that everyone questioned did a really good job of bracketing Devontae Adams, did a really good job of shutting down a high-powered offense in Green Bay. Um, it, it was it was a complete team effort this time around. So if yeah. Tom Brady can get that sort of support in a game where he doesn't have his fastball or when he's made a couple mistakes, then it, they're just going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, they had a – that was as, as good as I've seen anyone get to the quarterback against Green Bay all year. I, I thought yeah. uh, it was Barrett and JPP were fantastic. Um, and uh, Vita Vea up the Vita, middle. I think I, I think Vita Vea, however you want to pronounce it, I think that completely changed everything. I think 100%. him resetting that that uh, kind of how we talked about Akeem Hicks yeah, he's, uh, he's, through his dominant years. That. He's there. His, he's there. Akeem Hicks that allows their. Um, no, I was going to say Robert Quinn, but Jesus Christ, there are guys that just kind of pin their back Mack and, go. and uh, Leonard Floyd to do what they what they did in those uh, schemes. But um, yeah, big big change up the middle there with Vita Vea. But uh, 
you know, taking a look at, at A-Raj, um, I, I saw a couple posts and, you know, he's now struggled I- in this game. I think that, you know, we're so taken back by what he did this year and the uh, MVP numbers were so mm-hmm. taken back by his ability to throw the ball and just be like the best passer of the ball in the NFL that I think when when time separates us from Aaron Rodgers, we're going to look back at some of these things and his legacy is going to be a bit tarnished by his performances in these NFC title games. Um, yeah, he's, now mean, one, he's now one in four in NFC championship games. Oh, and uh, four in his two, last four, right? Cause the, I, be, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, it would be. He's one in four. His teams are averaging 22 points per game in those games. He's averaging 276 yards through the air, much lower than his season averages those years. And his touchdown to interception ratio is nine to eight. Um, I mean, he's fantastic. He's a Hall of Famer, probably first ballot. But I think that his legacy legacy is largely going to be marred by his performances in NFC title games, his inability to get to the promised land. I think I brought up the... um, metaphor here or the uh the comparison that he's very much the um isaiah thomas to tom brady's uh, michael jordan michael jordan he's the john starks to his michael like he's he's one of those guys who lived in that era who okay he got one but but great you know you got one but you should have had plenty more with the amount of talent that you have i mean not only like not only that he other than the the Seahawks one, where again that that's a game that was the it was Seahawks' first Super Bowl, where the Packers pretty much had that game on the road and Green Bay folded down the like down the stretch. They haven't really come all that close in NFC Championship games. I mean, this one they they ended up making it close. They had to claw back. They got it to a one score game, but they got blown out by the Falcons in the Georgia Dome. They got blown out by San Francisco. Uh, was it last year? Like they're. He's kind of no showing a lot of these games, and like like yeah. you said, this game, this one was close, but his numbers, if you look at them, weren't that great. This was not the Aaron Rodgers we saw against the Rams. This looked like a different version of Aaron Rodgers. It, it didn't look like the same guy that had just been absolutely dominant leading up to this road. Um, and I think it, as much as Matt Lafleur needs to go for it on, on fourth and goal there from the seven. You look at that, and again, it's just a screenshot, so you can look at it however you want. But man, third, third goal, down, he's he stepping out to the right. In. He might not have gotten in, but you run that football, I mean, you I got fourth and goal. He very likely does, but I'm saying, at, like at the very least, you got fourth and goal from the one or the two. Then Matt Lafleur is going for it. My you know, first comment there was, you know, where's the where's the end zone view? Where's the Mitch Trubisky angle in which we get to tear Mitch apart for you know throws he missed in the past? Like, mm-hmm. can we get the end zone view of Aaron Rodgers with a free path to the end zone? Yes, you have someone kind of barreling down on you, but escape the pocket. And, and he's in, not you know. like, he's not Tom Brady immobile. Like Aaron Rodgers no, can he's, still move it. He can move. I mean, we we saw him pump fake Leonard Floyd a week ago and take one in mm-hmm. to the pylon. Like that's that's kind of what he does. I think they. He white knuckled it in that moment a little bit. I think that Matt Lafleur would love to have that callback, uh, kicking that field goal because, you know, not only are you kicking a field goal and it's not changing it from a five to a three point game, it's still a one score game either way, and you're also giving the ball back to what has been the greatest closer in the history of the NFL postseason. Mm-hmm. Like you're not giving the ball back to Mitch Trubisky, you're not giving the ball back to Matt Stafford, you're not giving the ball back to Kirk Cousins. This is not a divisional matchup. This is the NFC Championship game, and you're giving the ball back to Tom Brady, running a large risk of the fact that your quarterback, who can be already be considered an all-time great as well, will never touch the ball again. Mm-hmm. 
And that's that where ended up being the case. I have no doubt about it that the analytics said, you know, percentage wise, that was the right thing to do and all that. And I, I think how that's, though? Explain, I, explain it. Well, to me. The, I, I, I don't. I saw someone tweet that the percentages went up, but the, what, what I'm more getting at here is like that's. I think we we talked about it too in the World Series when you know Blake Snell was cruising and they decided to pull him after seventy some pitches. Don't let the computers cost the like, championship. I, I fully believe there's an, a very big important spot for analytics and sports, but like you have to mix it with the logic on yeah, the other you side. You gotta know like, when hey, when that moment is. I, I think I think from the the tweet I saw, I think it was a Packers report or whatever that move gave the Packers like a it went from a 25% chance to win to a 27.5% chance it was like all right is that two and a half percent chance increase more valuable than not giving the ball now, back to Tom Brady that's what you it doesn't figure in think about. that's like, what it that's what the, that's what it's not in. that's what the computer's not figuring in is that Tom Brady is quarterback yes. B it's figuring in quarterback A or it's figuring in t- team A and team B with the score, the clock, exactly. and the possibilities of like accumulation accumulation of points. So either way, this is what the computer is telling you. You're two plays away from tying or winning the game in the sense that you are a touchdown and a two-point conversion away, or you are a field goal and a touchdown away from winning. You're a touchdown and a two-point conversion away from tying, a yeah. field goal and a touchdown away from winning. It's just seeing it as two scoring plays in mm-hmm. this amount of time. So if we get the one scoring play here and we do the three, well, then our probability of winning is going to go up because so we another have more touchdown, time. Yeah. We, not only do we have more time, but a touchdown wins us the game now. And it's not figuring in, it's not figuring in the fact that you're not getting the ball back. Yeah. Like it's Tom Brady and you're not getting the ball back. That's just like, I, I don't, I don't understand it because you, if you go for it there, you still have the same amount of clock and you're still two plays away. But those two plays can only tie you. Can th- th- Those two plays, the touchdown and the two-point conversion. If So let's say you go for it on fourth down there. You don't get it. Tom Brady's got the ball on his own 10 with however much clock left. Mm-hmm. You need to get the stop and then you need to go score and untied down, go for the two-point conversion. Yeah, so I mean, that, that's what the computer's telling you is that you have a higher probability to win because three and six is worth more than eight or was worth more, more than six and two. That that's what the computer's that's doing, and, and and that's and that's just not what that's that's exactly what it is. That's math. That's not football. And, and sometimes, as a coach, in that moment, you need to coach football, and not teach math. I, I also think to, I mean it ended up not coming back to bite them, but kicking that field goal. I, I don't know if you watched that next kick return, but it was like two minutes five seconds left. And it was kind of iffy whether or not the Bucks are going to be able to run through that two-minute warning. Ended up mm-hmm. not for some reason. He just kind of caught it, ran, and went down. I don't know why I didn't. But like, you're if you decide to go for it, and not getting it, you're also ensuring yourself. Not only they stopped at the you know the seven-yard line, whatever it is, you just bought yourself an extra timeout, which gives you a little bit yeah. more time. It's an extra. It's not one that you control technically, but it gives yourself an extra asset. I just I, I, you you said it all. We've said it all. I I, I don't know how coaches can continue to just not like it, it especially seems like more of these new wave new school type coaches the younger guys like listen to your gut guys like you know it, it's been it's been just about as great and impressive of a start of a coaching tenure as you could ask for for Matt LaFleur he's won two divisional titles if I'm not mistaken and he's now 20 not counting the he's, playoffs he's 26 and 6 
amazing. Back and back whether you want to give him any credit or if you want to put it all on Aaron Rodgers' lap, I have no problem either way. But Matt LaFleur, in two years as a head coach, has been to two NFC title games. He gets slapped last year against the San Francisco 49ers. This year he's in a good game and, and makes a bad decision. Um, I, I don't think this is like a fire LaFleur type situation. But, no. But if this is – if he never as a head coach reaches a Super Bowl – this will be a moment that completely mars his career. This will be a moment that lives with him forever, a decision that – because he was regretful of, over it. He, he in the post-game press conference, he pretty much said, you know, anytime things don't work out in a decision you make, you got to regret it. Uh-huh. He, didn't, he didn't necessarily say, I, I would have done things differently, he goes, but he goes, I, I do regret it. And Aaron Rodgers, his post-game press conferences have been read into and will continue to be whether or not he's going to be there in Green Bay. I believe he is. You know, I just don't I know. It will be, but it'll be a fun story to track for the summer. Yeah, and and if Aaron wants to be dramatic about it, let him be dramatic about it. If he wants to leave the division, Aaron uh, I will help you. I will help you pack your bags. I'll pick them um, up. But it was just uh, another moment there, a tough moment for a quarterback who, you know, hasn't been able to reach the greatest height. Um, I also think and, like, and, and having the direct foil of the quarterback who has like having the quarter, the, the direct foil right on the other sideline of the guy who always seems to come through. And it's, I, I know it's kind of low hanging fruit, but Tom Brady now has won as many NFC title games as Drew Brees, as Aaron Rodgers. He's won less than, uh, than Rex Grossman. He's like, it, it you I think he situa- also, he, he you can situate has, these guys, and it it almost doesn't make sense sometimes. But it, it's how we it's how we measure the career when you're looking at the one pager NFC title wins mm-hmm. or NFC title record that's on there. You know, I, I I just going back to it too. Now I don't really care as much about explaining yourself to the media as a coach. Obviously, I I, I like when coaches are honest and open, respectful, all that stuff. But and, and it's not the end all be all of you know who you are as a coach. Yeah. If you make that decision to go for it and you don't get it and you, you lose the game, whatever, bucks are out the clock. You live with I, it. I feel not only you live with it, but you can go into that locker room and you can look your team in the eye and be like, hey, you know what, guys? Uh, we I think we have the greatest quarterback in the world, and I, I put the ball in his hands for one play, and I thought that was the best chance to win us a game. You, lo- you, you kick that field goal and you don't get the ball back. Then you have to go in the locker and be like, you know what, guys? Yeah. I put the ball in the hands of math. And math yeah. was going to take us to the promised land. Not not the guys. I didn't trust the guys in, in the in the locker room. I trusted, I trusted my chart. Because so, he sits like, there and talks about how much he loves the guys and his heart breaks and over. I, I'm not let, saying let your guys win the, it or lose it. I, I'm not saying I'm not going as far as to say he's he's going to lose the locker room because that that's I think ridiculous to say. But it's decisions like that that you if you if you make enough over time, especially with you know older leadership group. Yeah, that's one that's going to sit back there. Uh, before we move on to AFC, I, I do need to at least, you know, we are uh, we are masochists in a way here. We, we do enjoy a bit of pain, and that's what our Bears do to us. And I did have the fleeting thought on Sunday, and I didn't even let myself entertain it. I want you to. Okay. I, I don't even know if I could do it. I don't know if my heart can handle it. Yeah. But seeing what happened here in Tampa Bay from where they were a year ago to where they're at right now about to play in a Super Bowl – I know Tom Brady came out and in passing sort of said the Bears were one of the last few teams that he was considering. If Tom Brady chooses the Bears, are we talking about nope. the Chicago Bears playing on Sunday? No, nope. I think the Bears. Sunday? I think the Bears. Why badness? Yeah, but but does that change? Like, 
why or why that, not? That truly the Bears is badness like, is not the answer. That truly is like the unstoppable object meets the immovable force. Is that, that right? Did I get that saying right? Uh, the immovable object and an unstoppable force. Whatever. Same thing. There, that, uh, that's a really good question, Joe. I, I think you're definitely talking about a team that was better than 8-8, eight and eight, and I guess if that team's in the playoffs, you never doubt a Tom Brady-run football team. Yeah. I can go as far as to say that. I, I think there's no doubt about it. Tom Brady on the Bears wins goes better than 8-8. Eight and eight. I, I just really think that the, the Bears this year, for as much as they – just completely took the air wind out of our sails. Still so much talent on that team. And I think that, you know, not to, not to discredit anything Bruce Arians has done, because I think he's a big part of this as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting all parties rowing in the same direction. I'm not sure that Matt Nagy would have been capable of that. But if you put Tom Brady on the roster that the bears had this year, I don't see how they're not the one or two seed. Yeah. You're you're probably right. I, I just, just from like a, just from a, X's and O's go out there and play the game standpoint. I mean, Tom's going to have his high points and low points. And yeah, maybe we lose a couple we're not supposed to. Maybe we win a couple we're not supposed to. But Mm -hmm. I have a hard time not thinking that the Bears could have just as easily been in this this position. Okay, let's be honest about it. The weapons that the Tampa Bay Bucks have, far superior to the Bears. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, even throw A.B. in there. You got a couple running backs and uh, Rojo and Fournette who can kind of split the load and get the job done tight ends you got Gronk and Cameron Brait mm-hmm. um you got Scotty Miller who has just been like a safety blanket for Tom Brady but that's not to discredit the Bears you know no got, it's not like the I Bears think, have some been, weapon, been the gra- the Bucks it would have been the greatest it would have been the greatest year of Allen Robinson's career Darnell Mooney would have had would have had the same sort of ascension to where he's at right mm-hmm. now I think Cole Komet would have come along even a little quicker um I don't know what can be said for Anthony Miller, but I think that the poorly coached team would have allowed Tom to even further just like have his fingerprints all over it and say, this is my team. He would have set the tone. I know at the end of the year, we were talking about how poorly coached they were because of some of the um, mental lapses, yeah. and some of the, you know, uh, stuff between the whistles. I don't think that happens. That doesn't happen when Tom Brady's quarterback. quarterback. And that's why I, I think I, you said Anthony Miller, who knows what he is. I think Anthony Miller would be one of the more direct beneficiaries of a Tom Brady like culture in the locker. You just think that you just think that you're going to see if Tom Brady is your quarterback, you're going to see everyone's top level because if mm-hmm. you don't, you're gone. There's no there's no room for you on this yeah. roster. If you don't it, see it's later. been pr- it's been proven time and time before. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just kind of no, that's, wanted that's to sort of question. entertain that thought. Um, not that the, this was like a uh, a LeBron. Uh, you see the decision according type situation. To, according to Jay Glazer, the Bears are going to be major players in the quarterback market this offseason. Right. We should be because we have oh, yeah. because we're paying because we're paying Nick Foles a, what thirteen million dollars next year, and we don't have a quarterback. Yeah. So um, we terrified. should be big players in the quarterback market. I'm still terrified. Can it get worse? What could what could be worse? That's fair. That's a good point. Who are you going to go out that's going to make it worse? Yeah, you could trade Cam? picks for somebody. You bad. could go get Cam. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not ready to do it. Uh, let's talk AFC. Champ- let's talk AFC Championship game here. Let's. Uh, the Chiefs. That for me to- was the ultimate. Like you talk about flipping the switch in sports. 
that was more proof than I ever needed that the Chiefs are one of those teams that come along every once in a while that just absolutely have a switch that they can flip when they want to. Yeah, and it feels like they flipped it. I know they went down 9 nothing in this game, but it mm-hmm. feels like they flipped it before this game. You know, they've been a lot of times this year um, getting behind sort of what they do. I don't know to, like, engage themselves because otherwise they're not. I, I uh-huh. don't know. They're just, they're just so talented offensively that um, the Bills – the Bills and their attack looked like they wanted to go blow for blow with them. And all week we said, you know, you can't go blow for blow with the Chiefs. You got to possess the ball. You got to change who you are. You got to run it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just not going to work. It, 21 second quarter points and boom, there's your ball game. Uh, it was never really in doubt from there. You got the best tight end in the world. You got what's arguably the best quarterback in the world currently. You got possibly the most unstoppable force on the outside in Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah, he drops a couple of passes, but you simply cannot cover him. The most cover. difficult no, to there guard. Is, there is no the one on the face of this earth that can play one-on-one man defense with Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Like his, his st- we were talking about it, uh, myself, Eric Asilius, Ryan Wilson, one of, our, uh, uh, one of our NFL analysts, and my producer, Rob. And we're sitting there watching the game, and everyone's like, you know, he's the fastest in the league. He's the fastest. Saying, how 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 much faster is he than other guys? And I made the point that he's probably not that much. Fa- like if you take the top 10 guys in the league and you have them all hit top speed, mm-hmm. the top speed's all probably pretty s- similar from like, I don't know, what are they getting up to now? Like 23 miles an hour, like 20, yeah. 22 to 23 miles an hour top speed. It's probably all pretty similar. It's his but how, quick, how quickly he gets to top speed is otherworldly. He literally in two steps is at full speed. It's it's sickening. It's hard to stop. I don't know if Tampa's going to be able to slow it down. I think that the Chiefs can score 38 points whenever they really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see this lead up and, and, and how the Bucks are going to go about it and you know all the talk that surrounds it. But here, Bill's Chiefs, um, you, your prevailing thought here was what? Um, yeah, I think you kind of covered it all there. It's For me, it is – I mean, we've we known how good Tyreek Hill is. But I feel like it was just even more put onto display how quickly, like the quickness in which he moves his feet, like off the line, off the ball, that he goes from zero to sixty. I mean, he's zero to sixty in like three steps. Nine for one. Like, seven, sorry, nine for one seventy-two, and he dropped like three balls. So. It, it makes that like it, the 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 play the Bears tried on fourth down, and like the, the little flip out to the right where you kind of roll out and just hit your slot guy or whatever, whoever you have lined yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah. It makes it running and uh, like the Chiefs can run that, get away with it every time because unless you're, you know, you have a guy pressing Tyreek Hill and a guy right to the outside of him, like he's too quick to not be open after three yeah. steps. Like he's going to be open after three steps. So you're going to have like that play goes to him every time. Um, yeah. It's it's an embarrassment of Rich's offensively for the Chiefs. I, I and I, I, don't, I think that. Go ahead. I think that because of that embarrassment of riches, we're becoming a little desensitized to how good Pat Mahomes is. Yes, everybody knows he's amazing. Everybody knows he's MVP caliber, Mm -hmm. this, that, and the other. But he's making all the right decisions and executing. Like Mm -hmm. We've almost come to the point to assume that Pat Mahomes is going to make the right decision and he's going to deliver the ball on time. 
and it seems like I really can't think of a bad ball on no, Sunday. I can't these, think of a bad decision on Sunday. All these I mean, short, we, intermediate throws, like the, it, it, you, you watch any other quarterback, sometimes they're a little bit up and the guy's got to reach for it. Sometimes it's a missed throw. With Patrick Mahomes, when he's hitting Kelsey over the middle or when he's hitting Tyreek Hill on the outside, that ball is right there every time exactly when it needs to be. The timing and the precision of the throws, is it's almost – like you said, it gets take, taken for granted because it's so perfect and you've been seeing it for so long that you just kind of expect it to be there now. But there's just there's never a missed throw from Patrick Mahomes. Four touchdowns, no interceptions through this postseason. Uh, he threw one in Week 17 against Atlanta. Uh, Miami got him three times in a way. He's just like he's just his touchdown to interception ratio this year is 42 to 6 and if that's not getting the freaking job done i don't know what is um i i think for for every skill and attribute he has his decision making is just as strong um he's he is the future he is the present tom brady is the past and the present it's really interesting here and what we have in the super bowl because you know, call it past versus future, but both are living currently in the present, vying for the Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, title, vying for a Lombardi. It's it's the seventh for one. It's the second for another. Um, and I, I, I don't want to go like – I don't want to go like Stephen, Stephen A., Skip Bayless' no, hot take here. But I do have a hot take that February it. 7th, 2021 is going to be a date that we call upon regularly – when having the GOAT conversation years from now. Because obviously Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. It's one of the inarguable things in sports. Like Mm -hmm. there's not too many things that you could say, this person is the greatest insert whatever of all time. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's now headed to his 10th Super Bowl. He's won six of them. Regardless of what happens here on Sunday, he's the greatest of all time for now. But you're looking at a young man in his early 20s in Pat Mahomes who has one Super Bowl title to his name already, who's been to two AFC championships. Uh, has an who's MVP. On, who's on the, has an MVP. Who's on the trajectory to match or surpass the numbers of Tom Brady. Long way to go. But February 7th, 2021 will decide whether or not Tom Brady distances himself to a point where he cannot be caught mm-hmm. or whether Pat Mahomes takes another step towards that greatest of all time conversation. Because if you think about it, it's either seven Super Bowls to one or six, six to, to two. two. That's a huge difference. That's a six huge a lot difference. more than four when it comes to Super Bowl. Six, six, six is a lot more than four. But if you look at it this way, when these potential conversations we're going to be having, let's say Pat Mahomes gets to six Super Bowls. He wins four of them, including a head-to-head with Brady. So he's four and two with a head-to-head against Brady. Brady's six and four. Without the head-to-head against, mm-hmm. so how do you quantify that? Yeah. Is this a LeBron situation where we're giving Brady credit for getting there? For, so my point here is that February 7th, 2021 will be a date that we look back on when we're having these arguments for the rest of, I mean, for the next two decades. Because Pat Mahomes, I think with the trajectory that he's on, it, you almost assume he's going to win multiple Super Bowls. He's got another opportunity to win his second here. Can Tom Brady get the seventh and keep him – don't pass go. Don't collect $100. You still just got one. Come get me while I sit on a beach. I think that this is I think that this is a really big moment for that greatest of all time conversation. And that is the highest adulation. Of, or at, yeah, that's the highest adulation of Pat Mahomes. I, I think that I am getting way out ahead of myself here with Pat Mahomes. But I think that 
I start conversations at crossroads we are going to come to someday. And I think that that crossroads, I don't think we ever reach that crossroads if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this Super Bowl. No, I'm with you. And I think it's a very fair question. I just, I do want to stress to you and our listeners to live in the moment and appreciate what the Chiefs are doing now and not look too far ahead because there was a couple of years ago where, you know, people are obviously already talking, are the Chiefs a dynasty? There was a couple years ago where people were talking, are the Seahawks a dynasty? They lost that game to the Patriots, and they haven't been the same since. Just football, the NFL, is such a fluid, ever-changing, year-to-year kind of league, team thing, whatever. And there's going to be a lot of overhaul in the Chiefs over the years, just like there are with Patrick Mahomes' tenure, tenure, obviously. Um, There's probably going to be – I don't think Andy Reid's going to be coaching as long as Bill Belichick did for Tom Brady. There's going to be some coaching changes. What they're doing right now is incredibly impressive, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon, but just appreciate what they're doing right now. No, uh, most definitely. Most definitely. I don't know if this supports your point or refutes it, but – Probably both to an extent. Looking at – you mentioned that pseudo-dynasty that the Seahawks were putting together before they tore down that defense and their front and their offensive line – the ability of the quarterback, the ability of Russell Wilson has gotten them back to that moment, has gotten mm-hmm. them back to Super Bowls. Absolutely. Has gotten them back into those opportunities, has gotten them to countless divisional weekends and, and a number of conference championship games. So regardless of the bombs exploding around Pat Mahomes, he's always going to be there. Oh, 100%. Just like Russell, yeah. just like Russell Wilson more times than not has been there and had the opportunity to maybe go get another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Pat Mahomes is going to constantly be in that. Oh yeah. We're never talking about like a chiefs team, on. a Pat Mahomes team. That's, you know, six and 10, not making the playoffs. I, I just don't, yeah, I just don't see it. Nine to 10 games a season. So I, I think in, in extrapolating this thing out long-term, assuming that Pat Mahomes continues that greatness uh, all while enjoying it here in the present moment, February 7th, a big, big day in the goat conversation. Yeah. Gotta love goats. Gotta love goats. Uh, Matt, you got anything else? AFC, uh, Super Bowl, what are you looking forward to here? Uh, we got a full week. We're going to do a full preview yeah, we're gonna, next week. We'll we're get to all that picks. next week, I think. I think we did a great job recapping here. We can make some picks. Pat us on the props, back. Pat us on the back. We want to do locks. We want to get, is that our segue to locks of the week? Um. Yeah, let's go locks of the week. Let's pat um, me on the back. Matt, yeah, just kind of give us the full breakdown here because well, what you did was, was bold. It was honorable. It was very odd. It was odd. Um, There's no no secret. I've been struggling this year, especially the last few weeks. I think I lost three in a row in like five of my last six. Um, So I honorably took my lock of the week as the Packers to cover and win. Uh, clearly that didn't happen, Joe. And it's, a sh- it's I hate to, I hate that I mushed uh, such a great team, such a great quarterback. But it was oops, it was I, mushed, a, I mushed him. My bad. It was an hand up. Absolute, an absolute mush job by Matt Rooney. I was playing that's just, chess. That's just a man using. Checkers. That's just a man using his powers for good. Yeah. You know, that's just a man using his powers for the good of the order. And I think that um, you know, with that said. An applause, an applause here to Matt Rooney. Clapping for, for myself. Everybody who's for, listening, clap, please. For using those powers. Uh, I think that might be evil, depending on what side no, you're on. No, I but, think it's good. Uh, it leaves you sitting at 7-13 and 13 on the Happily. season. I am, Never I am been 11, happy to be that bad. I am 11-8-1. and one. Uh, I gave you Travis Kelsey over 6.5 receptions. That came through mid-second quarter. Uh, I believe he finished at like 10 or 12, something like that. Yeah. Um, but cash those tickets. I am now sitting at 11, 8, and 1. Excuse me. 
Yeah, 11, 8, and 1. You're 7 and 13. And uh, Matt, why don't you lead us off? We're just going to give you a, a quick pick here for uh, the day ahead. We're going to give you a yeah. quick turnaround. So this is for the Moose and Moons listeners who tune in here day of. Uh, get these get these uh, selections in before the night. I'm going to I'm gonna take the, the Blackhawks. Predators are playing tonight in Nashville. Neither team is, uh, has been all that great defensively or between the pipes this season. Um, and both have scored at a decent rate. I'm going to take over six goals in that game. Um, if you've watched any Blackhawks hockey this year or the last three years, overs are usually pretty safe with them. Um, and the, the Predators have not been off to the greatest defensive start to their season. So I'm, I'm going to take over six in that game. I know that the Hawks are missing a couple key components due to COVID protocol, but uh, I think there's going to be goals in that game. Like that pick, I am going with the New York Knicks catching ten and a half against the Utah Jazz, hottest team in the league in the Utah Jazz. They're on a. I saw right that. Now. So like they were like top. I think it might have been CBS is like top of the Western Conference power rankings. I didn't know they were the, yeah. that, playing that. I well. don't know if they're still. I had yesterday off. I don't. I don't know if they played, but they had won seven straight or eight straight um, at last check. So Utah does not appear to have played yesterday. I just looked. Um, how many straight you got about? Uh, I don't Regardless, know. I'm taking their opponent tonight, the Knicks catching 10.5. The Knicks have just found a way to stay in games that they really shouldn't. It's Tibbs. Um, it's Tibbs, Tibbs, has, Tibbs has got them playing some good basketball. 10.5 is a huge number in mm-hmm. the NBA. Um, yeah, why not? The, Nick, the Knicks beat them last time out too earlier this month, a little 112-100 action. So. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, my goal was to be above 500 this season with only two picks remaining. I've locked that in. Yep. So here, take the Knicks, 10.5. The Jazz, the Jazz have actually, I just looked it up, they've won eight in a row. Their last eight loss was to the Knicks. So there you go. Fun fact. Full circle here. Yeah. Full circle. Tune in MSG Network uh, tonight. We don't, we don't I got, have the MSG I got, I, I, got all the, I got all those weird, yeah, Yes Network, MSG Network. I got it all out here. Yeah, that must be nice. Must be nice to or watch NBC Knicks Sports Chicago Nets to basketball. watch the Blackhawks Predators, obviously. Can't can't beat that. No. Uh Matt, you got any buy or sells? What do we what do we should got? We touch, here? Should we touch kinda, on Connor? It's this weird we limbo week. Sell? Yeah, let's let's talk about UFC two fifty seven. Uh Connor McGregor catching a catching a combo right on the right on the kisser, uh and going down. Dustin Poirier taking a uh, TKO win in the second round there. Uh, if you if you weren't able to watch it, it was it was dominant. Um, Connor looked great through a round and a half or through a round at least. Yeah, but um, was catching some kicks on that front calf on that leg and swole up on him. Kind of got flat footed and got caught just, just as quick as it started. It ended. He didn't get caught. He he literally just got he got boxed into a corner. It wasn't like he got caught with a single shot. He. Mm-hmm. He got elbowed up and got sat on his ass, and that was that. And it, it really looked like, and I'm not going to accuse Connor of like, you know, this whole silk sheets thing. It's hard to hard to get up and fight when you sleep in silk sheets. It kind of softens you. But uh, even in his post fight um, comments, he he said it a couple times. He goes, "I'm not sad right now," which is weird. He's like, "I'm not sad. I, I'm not feeling sad right now," which is weird. And I think that that shows the signs of a man who. Everything involved with the fight, the promotion, the pay-per-view, the gate, everything, those things all have different weights and different fights, and it used to be, give me whatever money you want, I want to go in there and beat someone's brakes mm-hmm. off, you know? Now it's, you know, I want to beat someone's brakes off, but uh, what's the pay-per-view number going to look like? There's just so much, he's a businessman just as much as he is a fighter, and he yeah. has so much to worry about in those different realms that you gain happiness from those. Yeah, I lost, but 
there's some happiness from the $30 million I'm going to make from pay-per-view. There's some happiness from the promotion that we did this week and how it's going to benefit my burgeoning whiskey empire. There's some, there's some happiness. So he's, he's gleaning happiness from other places, which is a credit to Conor McGregor, which, See, is, which is the growth of a man, but not of a fighter, you know? So you're saying he lost the eye of the tiger and now he needs uh, to gain it back. Yeah, but how do you? Uh, Rocky worth, worth nine. This was who said it? Someone said this was Rocky three. I forget Rocky who said three. it. But well, now we just yeah, need to get him is, back into some worn down gym in L.A. with Apollo Creed. Get him and I don't again. think that's I don't think Probably that's happening. Happen. I don't think that's happening. The guy's worth nine figures. Whiskey Empire. I, I, mean, I think you'll learn a lot more. I, I, I'm now. You can probably answer this better than me. Is his next fight going to be a trilogy with Poirier? No, they probably won't make that right away. Okay. Um, I think you'll learn gonna... a lot more from his next fight. I so, feel like that's he's he's much more of a guy that's kind of built on emotion, kind of the passion. Maybe this fight yeah. wasn't there. This was a guy, you know, he'd already beat, and it was just kind of that sort of a paycheck kind of payday. Wait, for, for him, there yeah, wasn't. But he was he was, the way he was speaking about the fight prior yeah, to led about me to believe the same that he way was... every every time out. Yeah, like he's always the he's always fiery. He's always saying stuff, and a lot, a lot of it is his personality, but a lot of it is somewhat of an act of the, I'm just going to talk the same way about anybody, no matter who. Like I, I feel like he's a guy that needs a reason to want to go and kick your ass, and I, I and he didn't more, have that. More he was than, very, he was very he respectful. He was very respectful yeah. this time around. He was respectful against Cowboy Cerrone, but yeah, Cowboy but that was, was also like, that was his that was, like, re- like, like, a, that was also Connor's sort of like he needed to, that was like more of a coming out party again for him. He needed to reestablish yeah. himself. So he needed to go out and be dominant. And I, I just feel like he's always going to need that, especially now in his, his older age, he's what 32, not that he's old by any means, but he's on the latter half of his career. Like he's going to need that motivation. Once he's made all that money, you need to find ways to get motivated and we'll learn a lot more about his next fight. If this loss did that, or if he's just going to be content with going out, cashing a check and seeing what happens. So talking about maybe another Diaz fight, a, tri- a trilogy there. Um, that is a guy, if he they... goes up against, he better come ready to fight or else he's probably yeah, but not. Uh, no, he's probably not because Nate Diaz hasn't fought in two and a half years. And yeah, he's a backyard brawler and that you really never lose that fine. But I think that's the perfect opportunity for Connor to, you know, outclass someone. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what Nate Diaz brings to the table still because we've seen what Ring Rust did to Connor here, having fought just twice in mm-hmm. an 18-month span. I, I think there's got to be some of that there with Diaz. But looking at the lightweight division now, that's why I don't think they'll make a trilogy with Poirier because if Khabib is done, Poirier's got to fight for the belt. There's got to be an interim fight, Dustin Poirier versus somebody, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's Michael Chandler, whether that's um, – what's the uh, – you would know Charles, the uh, Charles Charles Oliveira could deserve a shot uh, at a lightweight title here. It's a uh, it's a stacked 155 division. So Connor's road to a belt just got a whole a lot, lot tougher. And I'm not sure. You know, he he's a he's won he's won the belt in this division. He was the first ever two time division champion at the same time. Like he's done. Champ, champ. He's he's the he's champ, champ. He's he's toppled everything that you could ever ask for. And that's why with nothing out in front of them, other than another fighter, another fight, I'm not sure that's enough to. He's done get everything but going. beat Khabib, and that fight is now probably off the table forever. So I that that's I don't think there's really anything like i think he's going to keep fighting keep cashing checks but it's a good point like i don't think there's really much for him left to accomplish yeah 
but he says he wants to continue to fight. He says he needs to be more active. He says all the right things. So maybe we will see more Conor McGregor uh, in the short term this year. I did just but- get an impromptu mailbag question on this uh, on this on this fight. If you're ready for that, shoot. It has to do with the fashion. Um, okay. From our friend of the podcast, podcast Rob Gallick. Uh, can you ask Moose? Wow, doesn't he want to know my opinion? Uh, what he thought of McGregor dressed like he's worth a million bucks, and Poirier looked like he was heading to day two of Pitchfork. Yeah, that's just like um, that's just two guys showing you exactly who they are. Like you could read a, you could read a lot into the man by what they were wearing. Like Dustin Poirier could not have looked more like he should have like a, a pounder in his hand at like day four of Mardi Gras. Like that's just that that was just one hundred percent that that shirt just screamed by you boy. There was too mm-hmm. many colors. It was like he should have had some beads on, like heading for a king cake and some beignets. Like that's who Dustin Poirier is. That sounds good. Conor, Conor McGregor's Conor, Conor McGregor's the businessman. The suits are a little too tight. Uh, he's coming out there with the half a million dollar watch on, three piece suit, uh, walking tall, shoulders spread. Like that's the outfits were spot on for the guys like Dustin Poirier's jeans didn't fit and they shouldn't, you know, that, mm-hmm. that was just kind of um, who he is and, and what, uh, and it just goes to show has nothing to do with what's going to happen when you're both wearing underwear in a ring with uh, oven mitts on swinging at each other. Fair enough. Um, to sort of uh, give him his just due here and Dustin Poirier, he's now beaten just about everybody you could ever asked to be the biggest names that the fight game's ever seen. And some of them maybe flew under the radar earlier on in his career, but this is sort of the crowning achievement to that, that run that he's been on. He's now beat Connor. He beat Dan Hooker, who was, you know, supposed to be making a run up lightweight until Michael Chandler knocked mm-hmm. his brains in, uh, in the, yeah, he very much did. He lost to Khabib. He lost to Khabib, but who doesn't lose to Khabib? He's beat Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis. Like those names right there. There's He's beaten four division champions throughout his career. I, I don't know how many guys have done that. I don't have that great of a grasp on MMA history, but mm-hmm. I'd say it's a very, very short list of guys who have beaten guys who have held that many belts, yeah. uh, or that many guys who have held belts. And Dustin Poirier is, you know, I, I don't know what the criteria for MMA UFC Hall of Fame is, but the guy's got a pretty complete resume. And he was even saying it. He's got a big, he's got a hot sauce business. He's got Poirier's hot sauce. And I wish try that. he's got some other stuff going on. And he doesn't even seem that interested in fighting for the belt. Um, you know, he said it's got to be right for him. And he told Daniel Cormier right after the fight that he's getting sick of this shit. Like, these guys grow up. They move mm-hmm. on. Um, what else? What can you put in front of me as a fighter that's going to light that fire inside of me? And I think both of these guys, one coming off a win and one coming off a loss, are, are looking for that. Um, I, I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that a belt lights a fire uh, inside of Dustin Poirier. I don't know what lights a fire inside of Conor McGregor right now. Now, I have one more UFC question before we, we move on to buy or sell. We'll get out of here. Okay. But it was one that popped in my head because I think it was on Saturday night. They were talking about the 260 main event that got uh, revealed, released, whatever. Not sure how expected it was, but it's it's Stipe versus Francis Naganu. Now I know they fought early on, earlier on in their careers. Stipe won that, um, but Naganu's on that big winning streak and can knock out just about anybody he wants to. It seems. Uh, how excited for that fight should we be? I'm not. I'm zero percent. I mean, you should be excited. It's going to be a great fight. It's heavyweights. There's going to be. It's going to either be a war or you're going to get a 
vicious knockout, okay. and I don't want to see either. Stipe, Stipe's, Stipe should never step in an octagon again. And he's if you look at if you go back and look at Stipe Miocic and interviews he did five years ago, go back and look at an interview from 2015. There's no slurred speech. He sounds like a completely different person. He has under he has been in wars that have taken years off his life that have incurred massive brain damage. I mean, I'm no doctor, but he now talks with his tongue in the middle of his mouth like he can't articulate anymore. He's he's like a punch drunk fighter who's still fighting, and I never want to see that. And he's getting into the ring with a guy who's got the ability to turn your lights out permanently. So yeah. I don't know how excited I am for that fight, but it's heavyweights, and heavyweights are going to do what heavyweights are going to do. Fair um, enough. That's yeah, all it's going to be scary, though. It's going to be scary, though. Uh, you want to jump into some buy or sell? Let's do it. Uh, why don't you start? Because I got more of the pop culture one, so you, we'll finish on that. You you go. Okay, you, you got a pop culture one. I got a guy who thinks he's a star. Uh, Trevor Bauer still has yet to make his commitment to any team. Uh, teams are coming out and offering him a king's ransom. Uh, buy or sell? Do we know it, that know, they it, are? Uh, the, hold on. The Mets made an offer... And I think there's some details with uh, the deal would approach, but not eclipse New York Yankees Garrett Cole's 30. So it had a okay. $36 million that's still pretty darn big average. offer. Come on now. That's, um, that's the biggest offer yeah. of anybody who throws a ball for a living other than Garrett Cole. I mean, if, um, if he's, if he got six years, 36 million a year, like, how do you but say that, no that's, to that? That's where I want to go with this. Buy or sell. Trevor Bauer stays with his strategy of one-year contracts. I think he's. I do think the longer this goes on, the more likely it is that he does that. I don't think it is more his strategy because I think he was legitimately doing it for a while because he's a weird guy who made a bet. Um, but I, I think more. I, I think he's more thinking. Okay, I can take one year, much less of a, a long-term financial commitment for these owners, and get a whole lot of money right now. And then maybe in a year, once people start making a little bit more money again, once they're a little bit more financially secure, yeah, I might have to eat a year off that contract that I was going to get, but I can find like a five-year massive deal from a team that's ready to pay me. I don't know if that's the way that Trevor Bauer thinks. If he's going one-year deals, then money is no object to him. Like he's 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 not in this for the money to a certain extent. If someone comes to you with two hundred and fifty million dollars guaranteed with the sign of a pen, I don't care if it's for. I, I don't care if you're playing baseball, basketball, football. I don't care if you're the COO of a company. Whatever it is, that's a hard signature to not sign. Yeah. Like if you're giving him thirty-six million dollars a year. Over six years, I don't know how Trevor Bauer, the man, the human being, doesn't say yes to that. It does a number of things. It makes you the second highest paid pitcher on an average annual value next to uh, Garrett Garrett Cole. Cole. It establishes you as the guy on a staff. Even if there's other guys there, it establishes you as the big dog on the staff. It gives you the financial security to just live in a city and do your work and go about your mad scientist business the way you want to go about it. You, there's No one can come to you with questions anymore. You're the $36 million man. You pitch at once every five days. And like your, your grandkids' kids are going to be fine. I, I don't know how money could be an object. I don't know, I don't know how he could take another one-year deal if money is the driving factor behind, if money's the driving force behind his decision, he's taking the long-term deal. I don't think he's yeah. kicking the ball down the road to then sign some bigger deal. How much bigger does it get? 
How much bigger does the deal get than 36 million a year? Yes. They're going to be bigger. They're going to be bigger deals five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. And it's going to be ridiculous. And it's it's, this age, all that. And just like, just like we're talking about the final years of Matt Stafford's contract as he leaves Detroit, that used to be the biggest deal ever. Now it's a team-friendly $31 million over two years or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, what is it? What's he got? $41 million remaining on two, on two years of his contract. Like He was making $25 million a year, and that was crazy money. Now we got a guy making almost double that yeah. um, in the NFL. So, yeah, Trevor Bauer, if he wants to sign the long-term deal one, two, three years from now, it's probably still going to be there pending his health but that's a big pending your health as a pitcher in in major league baseball sign the freaking paper sign the long-term deal like stay somewhere and just exhale and be the best you there you know i I wonder if just how kind of strange he is how you know his personality all that kind of stuff is i I think you said the mets offered him whatever that that was the mets offer that kind of leaked out I, i wonder how many owners especially right now are willing to give that long of a financial commitment to a guy that while is a very good pitcher seemingly has a lot of other logs in the fire and doesn't, not that he's not committed to baseball, but it just seems like there's a lot other stuff going on. And maybe that is a guy who once he does have all that money, once he doesn't have, you know, one year deals to chase might explore more logs on the fire as well. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a straight fire. You're an, you're a professional athlete. That fire only burns for so long. Yeah. So get your irons in the fire while you can to yeah. extend your metaphor if, there. If uh, I I wanted the White Sox to sign Trevor Bauer, and if Trevor Bauer wanted to take a one-year, forty million dollar deals from deal from the White Sox, I'd be thrilled. But if it took Garrett Cole money to get Trevor Bauer, I would tell him to very happily go pitch in, in Queens and, and have some fun. Because is he that good? I think he's very good. He's not Garrett Cole. No, he's, he's Garrett, not I'm sorry. Cole he's not Garrett. He's not Astros Garrett Cole. He might be Garrett Cole, Yankees Garrett Cole. He's not Astros Garrett Cole. Yeah. Uh, hit me. Uh, this is more of like just a explain it to me kind of question. It's I'm just phrasing it under buyer. It's it's in the buyer sell segment, but it's not really a buyer sell. Joe, what's going on with Jay and Kristen? Are they back? Buy. Who's Madison? I'm buying it too, um, all the way in. Who's Madison? Did okay. You want a full run down here? That the I, mean, tec- I read I, the I don't text, know. and the text didn't seem that like. Madison, it seemed like she was like, "Oh my God, these are texts," and like, "Yeah, they were," but like, they didn't make Jay look that bad. I don't know. No. I'm confused. You tell Madison me. is a nobody reality star from a show called Southern Charmed okay. at Bravo. Uh, if you've ever seen any Southern Charmed, which Have I'll not. raise my which I'll raise my hand on. Seen seen a couple episodes. We know Madison. Madison is a is a just a. A, a shit storm of a human. She's okay. the one. St- she's the one stirring up all the drama on the show when there's no drama. She's Shocker. the one that they're creating the storylines around because there's nothing to talk about. She's the one calling people out. She's um, she's very much a. She, she likes to think she's an alpha, and like she tries to assert her dominance over everyone. Mm. She literally call. She calls her ex boyfriend a beta bitch to his face. Like she's a mean. She's a mean spirited. She's a mean spirited person. Sounds angry. Um, yeah, I don't know if she's if Jay and her. I don't know what's going on with Jay and her, but that's who she is. Um, the picture with Kristen Cavallari. I don't know if that's a direct shot at her or if that's just two parents showing a united front, which I'd like to think it is. Um, they have beautiful children. They said that they were going to co-parent. If they're doing that successfully, I don't want to ponder their co-parenting. Mm-hmm. I want to applaud. I want to applaud them for oh, continuing to be in their children's lives. Um, and fo- I don't follow Kristen, but I follow Jay. Yeah, looks like Team he's. Jay. You know, it looks like he's got the kids sometimes. He's he's making lunches. He's making dinner for the kids. Um, 
I, I don't even like to say Team Jay or Team Kristen because I hope they are well, I successfully hope they're both. co. Yeah, but I hope they're Jay. successfully co-parenting, and I hope that's what that picture was. Now, do I hope that they get back together? A little part of me does. I, I'm a bit like Jay and Kristen were Jay. And, I, I don't really, I don't really long or fond over. Of, I'm not fond of uh, of celebrity couples. None of them have really ever like. I've never felt invested in a celebrity couple, and I don't feel invested in Jay and Kristen. It wasn't mm-hmm. too much skin off my back when they parted ways, but. That's that's still my quarterback and his wife. Like I, I root for them, you know. I root yeah. for them. That's that you, you said that well. I just I saw that <laughs> I was just very confused, and then I saw text messages from somebody I didn't know. I think this is I Madison. Just, I think this is this Madison girl trying to. Um, I think this is her trying to broaden her footprint. You know, okay. here's this here's this guy who everybody tangential to sports and pop culture knows in Jay Cutler. Let me attach my name to him. Let me screenshot some texts, uh, try and make him look bad, like you said, and like and then post some stuff about how I'm unbothered and just got, uh, you know, whatever plastic surgery I got, and I wanna I wanna show that off. Like it, it's a big it's a big uh, it's a big power play, social media power play. Let me get some follows and then sell some fit tea type thing i think is what it is fair enough well i appreciate you clearing that up for me because i I was just i was as confused as everybody and i figured you would be the one with the answers for me yeah there you go uh, i'm I'm not proud to say that i have uh my foot in in many of these different realms but here we are but here we are yeah here we are um we'll continue to keep you up to date on the jay cutler christian cavallari and others uh updates here uh jay has been linked to a a couple (laughs) A couple, I mean, a couple polarizing figures, let's say here, uh, in his in his single life. Uh, I believe it's now this Madison girl, and prior to, I think there was a little stint with Tommy Lauren, uh, the uh, political yeah. commentary uh, girl, uh, woman. I, yeah. I don't know. Woman, female. Jay, Jay, Jay's got a. That's why I'm rooting for Jay and Kristen. I don't know. How, Jay doesn't do a good job dating. I don't think Jay's doing a very good job dating. I think Jay's um, seems like he's just he just recently divorced and just seems to be hanging out. I don't. Yeah, but like, hang out with the right people, Jay. Hang out with the right people. He's just rebounding. Oh, it just it just came to me. It what? just came to me. Oh God. What? Jay Cutler needs to go on a date with Olivia Munn. That's our. That's his final. Ooh, that's his, that that's his final backstab on Aaron Rodgers. That would. That and would, I love both. Of them. I'm, I'm I love not, both of them. I am not over exaggerating when I say that would win the rivalry would, back for the Bears. That, that would, would put the Bears me. back in charge of the Bears Packers rivalry. That would do a little that. something for me. Yeah. That's the smartest thing you've ever said. I've been doing this podcast uh, for 190 episodes. We've gone full gossip, girls. So I, I really have nothing else here uh, to add to the conversation. That's it. I think I don't think we can end on a better. We note. go out on that note. That's it. We go out on that note. All right. With that, we say thank you for listening. To this episode 191 of the Moose and Ruins podcast. We're going to have your full Super Bowl preview. Uh, we're going to pick the game. We're going to have our top props. We're going to come at it from every betting angle that we possibly can next week. It's, it's, it's the best. It's the absolute best. And I think that what, what I've learned this playoffs, prop season starts with the playoffs. Like quit trying to bet the games. Just find mm-hmm. players you think are going to ball out and go make your money. I agree. Uh, there's a little there's a little free game for you. We're going to offer some more free game next week on the Moose and Runes podcast. But for now, for Matt, I am Joe. Thank you for listening to episode 191 of the Moose and Runes podcast. Talk to you guys soon. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.